Well, thanks to you a lot for joining me for episode 77, yeah, 77 of Near Perfect Pitch. Loads and loads to get to this week. It's been a brilliant week for music. I'm just going to fade out the, the beloved Teenage Fan Club here a little bit. Um, I could uh, play this week just one program full chock full of new releases if if uh, if i was able to but uh, being that i've got a format to adhere to it's very difficult just talking to a friend uh, before coming here that uh, i could a easily uh, perform a three four hour show every day with the amount of music that's out there and available and at my disposal uh, but today i could just do a show full of new releases it's been a particularly good week and i'll uh, give you a little bit of a rundown of what you can expect to hear i can't promise because those that listen regularly as you all should will know that uh, the playlist has changed during the course of any given uh, broadcast at my behest just because well largely due to my disorganization truth be told now uh, i am planning on playing let it be said uh, new material by dream wife off their wlp uh, a new new project uh, a side project of a hooten tennis club seatbelts going to be hearing something brand new from them Coldwater Swimmers, world exclusive. Uh, the G.O.D. have renamed themselves to uh, Coldwater Swimmers and be playing a track uh, off uh, their yet-to-be-released debut uh, EP. And um, the Burning Ferns, who I'll be talking to next week, can be playing a track off their, their recent record, which is a rather, rather tasty. Um, what have I got here in terms of new releases? Well, crikey, Confidence Man from Australia. Got a new single by Team Picture. Manic Street Preachers has got a new album out, new material by Juliana Hatfield. Uh, doing an album exclusively of Olivia Newton-John covers, and that's going to be our uh, cover me. It's absolutely brilliant, that record. New stuff by uh, Carr, that's with a W at the end, and possibly, if I've got time, I'll get to uh, some new material by the wonderful Reckless Eric. Uh, in, in amongst all of this stuff, there's going to be a hat-trick, there's Essential Wax this week, which I'll, uh, I'll leave to uh, disclose uh, for a later point in the programme. Weekly Peel, obligatory fall off track, two interviews to look forward to, and Tinterweb time. My goodness me, I'm knackered just thinking about it. Here's the music. <laughs>
Harvey 3. That's a beautiful track, isn't it? That is the lead track to 2003's Spoon and Rafter, their fourth of five LPs. And that's a tune called Bluebird of Happiness. And we preceded that with Leads is the Music off their debut and self-titled LP from 2002. And uh, that's the lead track to that LP, actually. And that's uh, called The Dance. Let me tell you, this episode is brought to you by Lee Gale, The Long Cut, Johnny Quinn, Spin, The Chocolate Hobnob, and The Chocolate Digestive, respectively. Two brilliant interviews this programme. Lucky enough to have been uh, having a chat with Lee from The Long Cut, Johnny from Spin, and you're going to be able to uh, witness and listen to the fruits of that towards the end of the programme, around about the three-hour mark. Um, this week also is rather exciting because I have in store for you, had a nice chat with Art Magic, with Sean and Richard, uh, also have an interview with Matt Teal in the can, and this morning I had a wonderful chat with uh, Mr Henry Priestman talking about, uh, amongst other things, the wonderful Yachts reissue on Cherry Red Records, which has just been released about uh, three, four weeks ago. And uh, all of the frivolity and fun that he has in his uh, very, very diverse musical life. We've got that to look forward to in the next couple of weeks, amongst other interviews. I'll be speaking to Na next week as well. And uh, if you've been listening intently, as I keep saying you should do, you would have heard some material by now in uh, preceding weeks. Now, what have I got coming up next? I did say that I'll be playing something by Seatbelts. And Seatbelts is uh, James Madden and Ryan Murphy's uh, project in addition to their uh, tenure with Hooten Tennis Club, they've got a new EP forthcoming called Songs for Vonnegut, under the moniker of Seatbelts. And this is a teaser track, which I'll play for you in a minute, uh, called Hey Hey Tiger. Before I do, I want to play this. Two, 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 one. 
Hey Hey Tiger by Seatbelts and you can get that at all regular digital repositories and before that from the immense magical WLP by Copper Blue Bob Mould Sugar with Hoover Dam pulled off the LP and uh, to remind you we kick things off with the music and Mojave 3 now next up going to have uh, a bit of a world exclusive for you actually I'm going to play you this uh, song by the Cold Water Swimmers from Manchester, formerly Chris Bridget's project, uh, as labelled the G.O.D., who had some wonderful gigs over the course of the last summer supporting the Stone Roses, which uh, was a, a real shot in the arm for them. Really, really happy to have received this yesterday from Chris. So, essentially, a world exclusive. This is the world exclusive of Cold Water Swimmers with Falling Apart. <laughs> Falling apart 
so I can wallow and feel truly at home. You polish your buckles and pretend you're alone. He gave me the anti-Midas touch. Romford's The Wolfhounds, and that's their second single from way back when, from 1986 on Pink Records, the anti-Midas touch. And before that, we heard a world exclusive of Cold Water Swimmers falling apart, which is going to be off their forthcoming new single. No more details, uh, because uh, I'm lucky enough to get uh, a a pre-pre-pre-pre-copy. So thanks for that, Chris, and uh, I will keep you lot... uh, very, very well uh, well informed with regards to the progress concerning cold water swimmers and forthcoming material. Now, this is a next song, actually. It's a song that I um, just found just by digging about. Technically, it should be Tinterweb time, really. It could be a feature. But um, just wanted to uh, let you know that it's not someone I've known about for a long time, just for a handful of days. And I've, uh, in turn, bought everything I can uh, by this particular artist. And the particular artist is Carr. Uh, and uh, my, my Welsh accent is non-existent, and there's a W at the end of that, C-A-R-W, uh, and um, I don't know how to pronounce it, but uh, it's the work of uh, one Owen Griffiths, and he is a singular talent. He's fantastic, and I'm going to play you a song off uh, the EP, the only EP to date. There's a single and an EP. This is off the EP. It's called uh, a Dagrau, and again, that's Owen Griffiths, and uh, the band name, the operating name, is Carr.
That's the debut single by The Paddingtons from 2004 on Pop Tones, uh, Alan McGee's label, after the discontinuation, if you like, of uh, Creation Records. That's uh, a song entitled 21. They're from Hull, and it also appears on their 2005 debut long player, First Comes First. And before that, we heard uh, Owen Griffiths of his Laceur EP. And go to Blink Records. That's uh, Blink with a C as opposed to a K. So blinkrecords.com slash C-A-R-W. And buy the four songs that are available by this uh, very talented uh, gentleman, Owen Griffiths, who operates under the name of Carwa. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. And we heard a song called uh, Dagrau. Next up, the Manic Street Preachers have just released their 13th, yeah, 13th LP. And um, got to play a song which is appropriately uh, entitled Liverpool Revisited because I'm still buzzing from midweek's Champions League glory. As I wake to a
Subway, I can hear them whisper. forever is all they seem to tell you when you're Yeah! <laughs> 
Well, that's the alarm. And that's 68 Guns, a single that preceded uh, their WLP uh, that arrived in 1984 called Declaration. That's uh, 68 Guns again, uh, as a reminder. And before 68 Guns, we heard Liverpool revisited by Manic Street Preachers off their brand new Resistance is Futile LP, their 13th LP. Now, that's uh, two Welsh songs in a row. Uh, and then we had the Paddingtons before that, but we had a Welsh song preceding that, so we've had uh, three of the last four songs being of Welsh content, completely unintended, but I uh, thought I'd chuck that out there for you. Next up, let's hear something of the brand new self-titled debut by Dream Wife. We're going to hear a song uh, entitled Fire, but before I get into that, I want to let you know that they're on a bit of a tour. Um, they are playing uh, my neck of the woods. They play Montreal in uh, in a few uh, few days, actually. You know, like, couple of weeks uh, may the 4th they're playing putty campus uh, they've got in toronto as well to the horseshoe on may the 5th lots of american dates uh, uh, quite a considerable uk tour to follow as well you can uh, get all you need to know about uh, this wonderful outfit at a bandcamp page dreamwife.bandcamp.com or you can go to their own url dreamwife.co where you can get uh, on board with the mailing list and all that kind of stuff anyway here's fire <laughs>
you said Until boulders turn to lead Then all the tales will be told Whilst you and I are in the cold But don't think this is the end Cause it's just become my friend When it's done And all this is gone Just find a feeling pass it on Cried in shame There'll be someone else to blame And every crime that I commit There'll be a punishment to fit But I'd accept what's coming round If I could only lose this sound That's been ringing in my ears And tormenting me for years When it's done And all this is gone Stuff. That's the Coral from 2003, their third single of their second LP, Magic and Medicine, that's Pass It On, preceded by London's Dream Wife with uh, an album track off their self-titled debut that's just a few days old, entitled Fire, dreamwife.bandcamp.com. And uh, you can also go to uh, dreamwife.co, which is their uh, their own URL. Um, next up, a brand new song from the prolific and brilliant Team Picture. Oh, 
off last year's brilliant compilation. That's the train set and a beautiful monster. The compilation concerns is called Never California and put together uh, lovingly by Fire Station Records. And you can get this record by going to firestation-records.de. The best indie pop label in Germany without a shadow of a doubt. Okay, uh, they were on the show actually a few months ago and uh, they are rather, rather good, the train set. Before that, we had Team Picture, brand new single to be featured on their uh, brand new mini LP, which is uh, coming out on the 1st of June entitled Recital. Strange Year, the song that we just heard, will appear as one of seven tracks on that EP. Next up, you lucky, lucky folk, you get three songs in a row. It's time for a hat-trick feature. Uh, Usually, well not usually, on occasion there are... uh, there are hat tricks that have a theme, some kind of tenuous link or some kind of uh, some kind of uh, commonality between each song. In this instance, no such thing. Just three in a row. So uh, parade about the living room in your underpants, get the badminton racket out, put some toast in, put the kettle on, do whatever you want to do. Three in a row.
like to go out on the weekend. Call coming in, so I pick up the receiver. Hey, how are you? Yeah, I'd really like to meet you. Do you want to come to the party of the year? So we walk through the door and up the elevator. I'm looking good, and I'm on my best behavior. I got a drink, but I'd love to get some beer. Everybody's raving at the party of the year. They've got all kinds of drinks at the party of the year. Gin, vodka, champagne, and the food's like totally organic. Hey, that's Tom. He's a really shitty dealer. But that's just what I hear. He must feel right. He's at the party of the year. Because that is that really is out there. That is Cool Party by Confidence Man, Australia's Confidence Man off their debut long player that was released just last week. And you can learn more and uh, get involved at confidenceman.com.au. You can also go to heavenlyrecordings.com, Heaven Records, uh, the label that they are on. That was preceded by Mega City 4 with their 12th single from 1993, Iron Sky. And you can tell there's absolutely no chain here, no, no linkage at all between uh, the, the two tracks I've just mentioned. And there certainly isn't with the one that kicked things off either. Texans Ringo Death Star with a single off uh, their debut long player, 2011's colour trip that's a song called so high so that's this week's hat trick that's three in a row whereby you didn't have to hear my voice chuntering over tracks and gave you a chance to uh, 
<sighs> Take a palpable sigh. Next up, let's let's get our obligatory fall our track sorted, shall we?
from the marvellous Juliana Hatfield sings Olivia Newton-John LP, released just a couple of days ago, her 14th solo LP. You can go to julianahatfield.bandcamp.com to get your hands on it, and that is her rendition of the classic, A Little More Love. Again, Juliana Hatfield, an entire LP devoted to the songs of Olivia Newton-John. Brilliant, that is. And uh, that was uh, preceded by The Inimitable Fall, of course, and uh, that's off This Nation's Saving Grace. I think I've played every track off that album over the course of time on the programme. It's that good. On Beggar's Banquet, their eighth LP, My New House. So we've got uh, one feature out the way there, Obligatory Fall. Ah, oh, we got the hat trick out of the way just before that. And now we've got our Peel Session track. We'll get that out the road as well. This week, going to go back to 1978 with some wire. 
the magnificent James. Sometimes. Now, sometimes is pulled off Blade, their fifth LP, released in 1992. And their first of many collaborations with uh, the mega icon that is Brian Eno. Um, sometimes was one of three singles pulled off the record, the others being Say Something and Laid. The sessions also resulted in the experimental Wawa album, which uh, came out shortly afterwards, which was uh, way, way out there. And uh, took a couple of listens for me to get my head around it. Uh, and I'll uh, tell you more about this record after we hear one of the other singles off the album. Here's Laid. Crooked pub propped up the corner of the street Opposite a furniture shop called Everything But The Girl Rocket shaped signs declared space mate A brother of a brother-in-law tore all the houses down Moved the people to the outskirts to places where the buses run But no one knows quite where they are I just sold my bass guitar I ran down Springbank in the rain Tears mingling with the water 
Some people never cross the river The accents are different on the other side of town Winter sets in amid the stench of bog and fish Eric, off his brand new and seventh LP, Construction Time and Demolition, released uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I believe, Gateway to Europe. And before that, of course, James from our Essential Wax, which is laid from 1992, the band's fifth LP, James from Manchester, that Brian Eno produced LP, the first of many, many, many collaborations between the band. And uh, in 2015, there was a super deluxe version of uh, 
the release with a bonus disc containing sessions outtakes live peel sessions and alike and uh, folklorically rumor does have it that uh, eno didn't uh, particularly like uh, one of the tracks on the lp specifically uh, one of the three that's the name of the song and uh, the band recorded it when uh, Eno had a day off, apparently, and included it on the LP, despite him not being overly enamoured with said track. And, of course, then after that, we heard Reckless Eric. And now it's time to hear something by Burning Ferns, who I will have on the programme in the next uh, couple of weeks or so. Let's hear Bullet Train. It's a beauty. <laughs>
Band of their third EP 
Los Amigos del Vita Bandidos from 1998. And uh, the first three EPs were compiled onto uh, one CD called uh, The Three EPs, in case you couldn't get your hands on them. The first two EPs were uh, vinyl only. The third did come out on vinyl and CD single. And that, of course, is uh, the beta band as fronted by the wonderful Mr. Steve Mason. And before that, uh, off their recently released second LP, Public Mono, that is Burning Ferns with an LP track called Bullet Train. Want to learn more or want to buy the record, go to countrymile.org and I'll be chatting with the band in uh, the next uh, two or three weeks or so, so you will in turn learn more about them. Well, now I've got through 25 songs, now it's time to get into one of our first feature interviews. And before we chat with uh, Lee from The Long Cut talking about Arrows, the new LP, let's hear one of the three songs that he's curated for me to play, starting uh, with this one, Popic.
new and long-awaited third LP by the wonderful The Long Cut. That is Popic, and that is an absolute belter. Now, I'm going to play you one more song off this wonderful new release called Arrows, again, Arrows by The Long Cut, before I get into a chat with Lee, who uh, talks all things The Long Cut and uh, really provides a lot of pers- perspective and uh, fills in the gaps in terms of what they've been doing for the last few years and uh, all the, the whys and wherefores behind what they do. Let's hear one more song before we get into the interview with myself and him. Let's hear Death Mask.
the whole LP is a relentless romp. That is off the brand new Arrows LP. That is the long cut and a wonderful LP track entitled Death Mask. Now, I'm going to talk to Lee right now and I'll be back afterwards to play one more song before we get into a bit more music and then another chat with Spin. Specifically, I'll be talking to Johnny. But let's get uh, this chat with Lee sorted, shall we? And uh, hopefully you enjoy it as much as I did. Here's Lee and me. Hello. Afternoon. Is this Lee? It is, yeah. All right, Lee, it's Dara calling from Near Perfect Pitch, the podcast. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm alright, thanks. How are you? Good, good, good. Uh, we have the, do we have our time synchronised? We do. Yeah. Oh, oh we do good. <laughs> I always have to ask because I invariably cock things up because I'm five hours behind you. Um, uh, right, <laughs> well, first of all, um, congratulations on the new LP and welcome back. Thank you very much. Thank you. It must seem uh, like an eternity um, for, for you. It's been the best part of a decade and um, Death Mask arrived and gave us a, a suitable kick in the crotch to uh, remind us of uh, of you being back and <laughs> and uh, it was a great it was a great reintroduction to the band after after that really really long um well sabbatical of sorts i'm just wondering if you could perhaps start by saying uh, or, or explaining what you've been up to uh, individually and collectively uh, for the past uh, few years yeah sure sure um, i mean we were really pleased with how um Badly, badly phrased question. Um, you, I wasn't suggesting for a second you were just sitting there uh, doing nothing. But to, to to the public, to the rest of us, where there's not releases, uh, there's that impression that goodness knows maybe they've I don't know maybe they've uh, found a new vocation and uh, he took up landscape gardening or something. You just don't know, do you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I think Yeah, but in the background, we've just been kind of scribbling away. We 
Yeah. So, so is, is it is it true then this this, this sort of urban uh, myth that, that you actually have gone through two renditions of the album and scrapped a couple or just just the one? Um, we scrapped one full version of the album, so we re we completely recorded, um, mixed to an extent, um, one version of the album, um, and we're convinced for a while that we finished, um, and then we had discussions with our our label at the time. We were not the same label that released this now. Um, and yeah, discussions with them and kind of reflected on the album a little bit and decided that it was for various reasons. It was it was just yeah, it wasn't up to scratch. We wanted to rework quite a lot of it. So a lot of our album got scrapped entirely. Um, some of the songs, one or two of the songs, might see the light of day at some point, but they just didn't fit on this new version. Yeah. Some of them are um, either reworked. Some of them are hugely reworked. But some of them are kind of a, yeah, maybe slightly reworked or just as they were on this one as well. The Death Map, for instance. Um, that's been. I remember we wrote that song in. Probably whilst we were finishing, or, or when we just finished recording um, Open Hearts, um, and that just remained constant throughout. Yeah. And then a song like Hopic, for instance, we've, we've had the, the bones of that song for a long time, but it's been through so many revisions, um, so many kind of rewriting, restructuring. Um, and funnily enough, the final version is almost identical to the version we wrote originally. <laughs> it's been through oh, at least 10 different versions for us to get yeah, back to the original one. Um, and then, then we have songs on there like um, Brutalist yeah. was a song uh, under a different name that was on the first version of the album, but completely, totally, and utterly different now. So it, it, it was a kind of an upbeat pop song, so a four-minute pop song on on the first version of the album, it's obviously nothing like that on this version. Um, so yeah, loads of rewriting, loads of new songs on there as well. And, uh, My word! So you must have, you yeah. just must have for, for every finished version, you must have uh, twenty odd different versions that, that finally arrived at uh, at uh, the final mix. Now, is this down to? Forgive me, because I'm, I'm only bringing this up because I, I'm I'm very much in the same boat. I, I've got OCD to the point where I drive my wife mental, uh, and I'm, I'm quite pedantic and uh, precious about things. Now, when 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 you are in working uh, in the studio, we'll talk about Tom Knot in, in a little while. But when when you're um, when you're creating, as it were, are you super super OCD? Was that was that the catalyst to you just not being happy with with, with versions and just trying? Uh, and retrying and, and uh, ultimately with, in this particular instance doing a full 360 and almost coming back to the same thing um, that, that process of, of not being happy what, what, what's, what fuels that? Yeah, well, yeah, to an extent it is a, a I guess kind of a, an OCD sort of nature with your own music we're really super critical about our own music kind of openly critical you know, with each other's parts and our own parts and I think that's the best way to kind of everything like that. So we do kind of, we realise that we are probably too critical when it comes to, <laughs> comes to things like that. But um, I think that it, it got to a point with when we were writing the first version of the album, um, due to all kinds of things happening in, in life around us and so, you know, marriages and having children and um, jobs and and all, you know, all that kind of thing. And we, we kind of put ourselves under 
a lot of pressure, I think, which it, it was entirely self-inflicted. Nobody else was putting us under this pressure, but we felt there's been quite a big gap between the first album and the second album. And we wanted to try and, as much as possible, not have a big gap between Billy Bill and Off, the second album and the third album. <laughs> um, and we were really sort of pushing ourselves in the limited time that we had around, you know, almost everything else that could go on in life. Um, in the, yeah, that limited time we had pushing ourselves to, to finish the album, and it has driven ourselves mad in, in, in terms of some respect, and certainly I was probably the main <laughs> culprit for that, but pushing <laughs> everybody else. So when we, did, we just ended up with, with an album where we had a whole bunch of the half-baked songs on there, so the whole bunch of the songs that we just were kind of, you know, we tried to finish them quickly, and we haven't finished them properly, um, at least after we stepped back from it and listened again and, and kind of, you know, just thought, yeah, it's, it, it's just not good enough. So that whole process of trying to rush something, even though it's already taken us a long time to get there anyway. Yeah. So it was by no means a rush by other times. Yeah, it's a relative uh, term, doesn't it? All relative we, we term. Time to rush it. Yeah. Um, and then it, it got to a point then when we decided to start rewriting and reworking on it. We got to a point, I guess, where it just sort of dawned on us that it's been so long now we'd actually released an album that was there was no point in us doing anything that was gonna be anything other than the best that we could make it. If yeah. that makes sense. It, no, no, does, it, it doesn't make sense. That, you know, it, 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 there was no point in us putting something out if we weren't one hundred percent happy with it. So we just kind of relaxed into it at that point and thought, we're not in any rush, nobody's expected anything from us. People probably don't even realise that we're still going now. Um, so we can just <laughs> Take our time with it and really work on everything as much as as much as we think we need to. And that meant for some songs we wrote them and rewrote them and restructured them and spent hours on laptops moving you know sections of songs around and dropping them and all that kind of stuff. And other songs just fell into place and, and we did hardly anything with them. So Arrows for instance was a, a song that I've had the bones of that song um, for a couple of months and it, it was literally like kind of. 10 minutes of writing and then I put it to one side and not really thought too much of it and then another idea kind of popped into my head and I, I, I worked on that sent things to Stu and John we worked on it really quickly and finished that whole song and didn't do any revision to it it just it was it, it's exactly as it came out first time Brilliant. on that one so yeah it, 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 it's interesting how it yeah how the different songs have kind of different births I guess um but yeah, to answer your question, in a really long way around. <laughs> you you succinctly, you succinctly answered my question. Thank you very much. Now, you've you've gone from Delta Sonic to melodic to Delta Sonic. Um, yeah. Are you happy to be back? I would expect so. Uh, we, yeah, yeah. Absolutely delighted to be back. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, are you at liberty to talk about uh, what happened at melodic? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So uh, when we we originally signed Delta Sonic and. Um, Sony at the same time. So Delta Sonic have a relationship with uh, with Sony, so they have kind of a two-stage yes. record deal. We just signed both the Delta Sonic and Sony at exactly the same time. Um, so we were working with them for a couple of years, and then there were some structural changes at Sony, and a whole load of bands were dropped, and unfortunately we were one of those bands. Gotcha, um, okay. So that was in... 2007, um, and then we've been working with um, the people that run Melodic um, 
they also run a, a press company called In-House Press. Okay. And we've been working with them for a long time. We've actually released a single on Melodic as well. We released the um, Idiot Check. Yeah. Got love single um, on Melodic. Um, and Dave Cooper, who, who runs Melodic, approached us at that point and just said, I'd love to put out your next album. Um, so we just started working with them. That, um, for the third album, when we did the first version of the third album, it was Melodic that we were discussing yes. whether it was good enough ways, and we had kind of a, a, yeah, sort of a, a long chat with them. Um, at that point, they were, they were kind of like, well, this version of the album, we don't want to put it out. And we sort of listened back and went, well, that's good, because we don't want to put that album out either. Um, and then we worked on it kind of some more, and then sort of, from the end of 2016, start of 2017, started um, approaching other um, labels again with this new version of the album. So the Melodic was the first label that we went to again because of that previous relationship. Yeah. Um, and at that point, they just decided that it wasn't for them. Um, so, um, yeah, we just started kind of asking around other labels, and I've noticed that um, I'm from Delta Sonic that they started up the label again. So, um, I don't know if you know, Delta Sonic was, um, it was kind of run by, um, not kind of, it was run by um, Alan Wills. Yes, um, of course, yes. And he, yeah, he sadly died a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, so, and his wife, was, she was running the label with him um, as well, and she's got the label back up and running now, so he was kind of, you know, the label wasn't going for a while um, after the you know, Sony called lots of bands and they also ended their relationship with Delta Sonic at that point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've noticed that Anne got the label back from running. They had some really exciting ones on that. Really? I dropped her an email, got in touch. Fantastic. Um, yeah. And yeah, she, she, she loved the first draft that, well, that uh, newest draft of the album. It was completely unmixed at that point. So it was good that she was able to see, see through that. Um, but yeah, she loved it. She, she, yeah, loved to work with us. So, yeah, oh, that's that great. Good. It's it's a wonderful home for you. Um, I think it's a it's a perfect it's a perfect meld and, and, and marriage for you to, to, to go back to, to, to the label. It's a, it's a, it's a brilliant label with, with, with brilliant bands and, and you fit you fit right in. So I'm I'm really happy for you that you've got uh, you've got a home that, that understands what you're all about. Must must feel yeah, must feel yeah, good for yeah. you as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I guess it is kind of that um, knowing that they they were the label that, or one of the very, very first labels to approach us when we first started as a band. You know, they they know all of that history about us. They know what what kind of drivers of the band. And you know, I don't have any um, kind of intentions of, of trying to change any of that. They just want us to be the band that we want to be and help us put our records. And it's really kind of liberated to be in that in that position. So yeah, it's great. Yeah, well, I'm 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 very enamoured with with a lot of uh, well the the entire roster, especially the the Real Society, uh, and, and and White Room, and um, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm just delighted that you're a part of that big mix because it's 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 turning into uh, a really really uh, contending boutique label now. It's uh, you know very very selective in, in in who they in who they marry with, but uh, it's about quality, not quantity, isn't it? Delta Del- Sonic. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think he kind of always has been um, for them. So they never, you know, they never kind of released anything because it was popular. Um, yeah. Or, you know, some of their bands were really popular, but that wasn't the driving force behind it. It was only if they loved the band, then they'd want to work with them. And they still the same ethos now, which is great. 
Yeah, I mean, pop popularity and success is, all, you know, it's a welcome byproduct, but it's not the motivating force behind the label, that's for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Now, with, with, with Tom, with Tom Knott, would you, would you care just to talk a bit about Tom? Because he's been involved with the creative process with you, and he's produced the likes of, you know, Weller and Paul Heaton and even the Cortinas, and uh, I understand that he was even in Iron Clute for a while. Um, now, now, what's the, the relationship with Tom Knott right now? Um, so Tom was, he also played live in a band called The Early. The Early's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he um, pro and, produces them too, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah. And then we, so we know The Early from, from way back in the day, way back in the, sometime in the north. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I forget exactly when, <laughs> um, as I'm sure they do. But um, yeah, so we've known them for a long, long time. Um, and we've done some recording with Tom before and with Giles from The Early. So we did the, uh, Airtight sessions, EP. Yeah. Um, we recorded that with them um, at the at Airtight studios. We recorded a few, um, a few B sides and things with them. Um, we bumped into um, both Giles and Tom um, a couple of years ago when the earliest were releasing a new record and they were playing in Manchester. So we went to go see them, kind of with an ulterior motive of, of meaning to bump into them because we knew we were almost finished recording our album. Yes. Um, I really, really wanted to, uh, you know, speak to Tom about mixing it because it, we know that he's brilliant at what he does. Um, he's, pretty, you know, he's, he's brilliant at recording and mixing and he's also worked with us before so it's easy to explain the kind of things that we're looking for yes. um, with Tom. So, yeah, we looked into him, he said he'd love to do it and he took a little longer to actually get um, to a, a position where we, where he, um, yeah, where we could pass it to somebody to mix it. Um, but I think we were keen to not mix this record ourselves. Right. We spent so long. We spent so long writing it, so long recording it. Um, you know, we knew it so well. We didn't think we'd really be able to have any proper perspective on how it sounds because it's it's, it's so ingrained yeah. in our brain. Of course. You just can't get that kind of distance from it. But we really can have somebody else just mix it without us being there um, and get their kind of interpretation of it, but without somebody putting big sound, this is my sound kind of on it. Yes. Um, and then Tom was perfect, he was really up for, for mixing it, yeah, and he, he just, he did a brilliant job straight away, he didn't really take us that long to actually get those uh, mixes from him, and he did, kind of one really good example is on, on Popic. Yeah. He's always been a really difficult song for us to record and, 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 and get the sound right and, 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 and mix right, because it, it's so long, so many different sections to it. Yeah. Um, he got the mix for that all like almost exactly right straight away. Um, but then at one point in the song, um, I forget exactly how far in it is. At some point in the in the instrumental section, that, um, there's some trumpets at the point, and we'd actually recorded some synth trumpets at that point. Right. And we had a look back to the first mix and thought, it sounds yeah, it sounds good, but it's kind of missing something. So we had a little chat with Tom and said. You play trumpet, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you? Maybe playing a bit of trumpet on this song. And he goes, well, yeah, I already have. I've just buried it in the mix because I didn't think you'd like it. So I, I kind of turned it right down. But I could just turn that off and see what you think. And that's the exact trumpet part that you hear on, on, on the album now. That's brilliant. Um, it, it was exactly what we had in mind. It was, yeah, it kind of spooky. Yeah. I just like the way that he didn't impose it upon you, though. He, he sort of uh, quietly suggested it as opposed to beat you over the head with it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, and, 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 and
that's the end. So it was really funny how he'd actually, he had actually already recorded the part. <laughs> yeah. Before, so, before well, it's like, here's what I prepared earlier type thing. That's brilliant. I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We were a little nervous about asking but, you know, we'd have to mix it all up. We'd have to to play anything on it, and we didn't want to be getting kind of too <laughs> cheeky with our extremely limited budget that we have. Um, yeah. But, yeah, he's already done it, which was great. So, Fantastic. Yeah, it, it was really worth it. It's great having that, having, having that, uh, that, that audio telepathy. Um, you, you've you've done a project with 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 somebody that I'm I'm very very fond of, and that would be uh, James Chapman Maps. You worked uh, yeah. You worked with him in 2006, and uh, I was talking to him a few weeks ago, and he's got a new record coming out on Mute in the next uh, the next uh, three or four months, which I'm I'm looking forward to, and I'm sure that uh, you know you're still in, you know you're still in touch with him. Now, have you got any any other collaborations on the horizon, perhaps? Um, well, we do. So. This is a bit of an exclusive, but we do actually have a collaboration with James. Oh, um, that we are fancy going that. to do something with at some point. So James has remixed of Pocket for us, um, and he's done an absolutely amazing job. So great. We don't quite know what we're going to do with it yet, but I love the remix probably more than I love the actual song that's on the album. We may be looking at doing maybe some kind of double A side with the, the with Poppies and the remix on it or, or something like that. Brilliant. Oh, that'd yeah, be... Um, and, and maybe it, it might be part of a remix swap that we, yeah, we might do this. So when I, when I originally asked him yes. if he wanted to do a remix, I was, I, yeah, I was asking if he wanted to do a remix swap, but that was, it, was, um, yeah, it was a while ago now and he wasn't ready with his album at that point to do any kind of, any kind of swap. But um, yeah, it's now, now he's getting a bit closer. Great. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm chuffed to bits. Two, two of my favourites working with each other again. That's great. And yeah, again, it was really great to get back into it as well. So it's been quite a while. Uh, yeah, since we spoke to it. But yeah, it was, it was good to get back in touch. And it is, yeah, it's done a pretty absolute brilliant job. I can't wait. Absolutely can't wait for people to see it. Oh, it's great. I know you've got me. You've got you've got me like a kid in a candy store waiting for that now. That's going to be that's going to be something to, to look forward to. Um, now gigging. Yeah. Now gigging. You've got you've got some gigs. Uh, through 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 to May. Have you have you got any uh, any large gigs or any any festivals uh, for, for for the for the summer? Um, so we uh, well we're doing uh, are you listening festival in Reading uh, yeah. at the end of April end of this month, and then we're doing Liverpool Sound City yeah um, at the start of May. Um, festivals in the summer we're working on. Um, we have nothing confirmed yet. It's you know the booking festivals is a, a really Difficult process. Yes. We don't. We're not working with a with a booking agent at the moment, so we're just getting in touch with people and you know finding contacts for friends and from other contacts and, and all that kind of stuff, and then trying to get in touch with people as much as possible. Yeah. Uh, um, so there's a couple of things that we might get, um, but yeah, not, nothing confirmed. But we hope we hope to get. But the intention, the intention is there, though, right? I mean, you you, you intend to, uh, to 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 take in taking it out live and and. Uh, and uh, letting the likes of me see you live. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So we've got the talk coming up um, in, yeah, starting at the end of April through to the through to mid-May. Um, trying to pick up as much stuff as we can through the summer and then planning another tour in the autumn. Oh, fantastic. Um, at some point. So we've not, we've not finalised um, any of those details yet, but yeah, we, we're, we're planning on that great well i've got a couple of uh, questions left for you one one of which is i was hoping um that you yourself could uh, curate the three songs 
that I w I'm going to play by you to surround the okay. interview. I was wondering if you could just choose three for me. Oh, three songs. Okay. Um, do you mind how long they are? I do not mind how long they are. No? Okay, great. Um, I definitely did pop six then. Yeah. Um, three. Tricky one. Um, probably the topic, uh, probably with Death Bask. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I... <sighs> I, I, I quite like the, 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 the title track as well. Um, it's always, well, it's, it's something that I play an awful lot, but uh, I, I've already played that, so um, okay. um, I was deferring to you to do my job for me. But I can gladly maybe, come up... Maybe Fractal. Okay, yeah, yeah that, uh, 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 honestly, there are no bad, there are no bad... Uh, choices or wrong answers. It's uh, just rather you did it than me. It just seems a little bit more <laughs> organic that way. And, and, and I've got one last question for you, and this has got absolutely yeah. sweet Fanny Adams to do with music, but it's a question I ask everybody without exception. Okay. Um, you're around my place, hypothetically, uh, after you've played a, a hugely su successful gig here, if I can get my tongue straight here, uh, and uh, you've got yeah. a nice, nice hot cup of tea, you and the lads on the settee, and I come out with the biscuit tin. It's a magic biscuit tin, though. You can choose any biscuit, past, present, or future. What would you choose? Oh, past, present, or future. You come down there. I had an answer for you then, and then you said past. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I threw you. I threw my, you. My, my answer, my answer was originally going to be a chocolate hot milk. Well, go with your but, gut. Why, why would you not go with your gut? Because I mean, it usually is uh, your your, uh, your inner you talking to you. But what was it? What were, what were you going to think of after the hot milk? A breakaway. A breakaway. Oh, I'll tell you what. Um, which one do you want me to do? I've got no, I've got no problem doing either. The reason I ask is because um, I, I'm, I'm largely ridiculed for this, but I've got this very articulate infographic whereby every artist is beautifully uh, aligned adjacent to their biscuit of choice and this wonderful <laughs> spreadsheet of sorts. So let me know what it is. Is it, is it a chalky hobnob or, or is it a breakaway? Oh, I'm going to have to go with a breakaway. I don't know if you can actually get them anymore. But you know, the class, I just remember eating them as a kid and I absolutely yeah, loved them. Yeah, I used to have them in my lunch. I have to go with a breakaway. I love them too, and I used to love that sort of off-yellow packaging. Because now I'm going to have to do some yeah. Googling to actually find it, because you are the first, believe it or not, person to actually clump for a, for a breakaway. So uh, oh, you'll, be, you'll be exclusively adjacent next to one. But, but uh, in all seriousness, though, thank you so much for your time. I'm really, really happy to be talking to you, especially at this juncture with the timing for the new record. It's, uh, it's exciting times for you, and I'm just happy to be a, a tiny, tiny part of it. And uh, I'm hoping that we can keep in touch and, and maybe uh, you know, talk again in a, in a few months, a year's time to see what's been happening in the, in the interim. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but yeah absolutely. You're really happy to do... To do this kind of thing. It's really nice to be back kind of talking to people again. <laughs> well, I'm really happy for you. New music and things. So, yeah, it, it's great. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. Say such a, yeah, Fantastic. Really, and and, and maybe when the remix, that would be days. very, yes, that would be very timely. That would be very timely. So I'll be in yeah. touch around then, but uh, your enthusiasm is infectious and I'm just so happy that you're happy about being back and uh, and let's let's hope that we can uh, get, get more people listening to you. Yeah, definitely. Fantastic. Okay, yeah, really. All, all, all the best. Just out of interest, what is the most popular biscuit choice? The, the, actually, I think it's custard cream. That's just from, from memory. Okay, 
It's, it's, oh. uh, I've had to create three columns, I think, for that one. A custard cream and, and the old standards like, you know, a, a chalky digestive for people who sort yeah. of aren't that uh, ambitious, but, you know, they have, it's, it's like the Volkswagen of biscuits, you know, the reliable it golf is. type thing, isn't it? But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll send you a copy and you'll see some of the wacky choices that, frankly, have, have, have been a make work project for me trying to source these obscure biscuits. But uh, <laughs> I'll send, I'll send well, it. Yeah, I'll, hopefully, you don't have too much problem putting yourself in the breakaway. No, no, breakaway will be a doddle. It'll be a doddle. So, in the, in the meantime, look after yourself. I'll talk soon. Take care. Ta ra. Okay, great. Speak to you soon. Bye. Right then, unless you already own them, you better get sorted. Go and buy yourself three long players. Buy the immense, immense, the long cut. Buy arrows and then work backwards. That's what I suggest anyway. Thank you so much, Lee. That was an awful lot of fun. And let's see one more track as chosen by, by Lee himself. The last one, the third one. Let's hear Fractals. <laughs>
what that is that is low gold with their second single from uh, actually when was that 2001 yeah 2001 their second single from their wlp just backwards of square from st albans they are and they were on nude records at the time low gold with beauty dies young that is a gorgeous tune and before that we heard the third track off the third lp by the long cut we had fractals as chosen by lee himself and now it's time for this annoying little thing that I like to call. Well, the thing I like to call Tinterweb Time isn't actually annoying, but the uh, the sort of theme music, the uh, the associated uh, wave file, is immensely annoying. But it leaves uh, it leaves no debate, does it? Really, it means that it's Tinterweb Time, kids, and it's time for my weekly foray into the amazing black hole that uh, we refer to as uh, the internet, the World Wide Web, Tinterweb. First off, you all know that whenever I interview an artist, at the end I always ask them a very, very, very poignant question uh, pertaining to biscuits, i.e. hypothetically they're around my place after a successful gig, kettles on, warm beverage in hand, out cracks the biscuit tin and the question is quite simply, being that the biscuit tin is, uh, is possessed with witchcraft and is magical, you can choose any biscuit from past, present or future. And uh, um, I take biscuits very, very seriously. And uh, if you listen to all the interviews, you will you will find that most of the interviewees themselves have uh, very, very specific opinions on biscuits and that it is a serious business. And I maintain it as such to the point whereby I uh, dutifully on a weekly basis uh, update my 
my biscuit spreadsheet. Well, it's not actually a spreadsheet. It's actually more articulate than that. It's, it's a wonderful infographic. And if you go to nearperfectpitch.com, hit on the magic biscuit, biscuit tin link, rather, and you will see, in all its glory, the updated um, infographic. Now, in talking with Henry Priestman of Yachts yesterday, which you will hear the fruits of next week, he brought to my attention an interview that he had done with Liverpool Confidential uh, some years ago, in uh, 2010, actually. And he, he, he got, a, got a real kick out of it because he did his own top five biscuits. I'm not going to give you his uh, top five that he is disclosing, but if you go to liverpoolconfidential.co.uk uh, and just search Henry Priestman Biscuits or click the link in the show notes, which I'm going to provide for you, you can go see the story concerned and he can get his opinions on the Choco Leibniz, Bourbon, etc., etc. That's this week's Tinto Web Time. Now it's time for our second interview of the week. And I'm talking to the wonderful Johnny Quinn from Spin. But before I do, I'm playing a couple of tracks. All the singles that I'm playing for you, uh, of the three, all three are from last year. But they all appear on this newly compiled, brand new debut EP, featuring all three tracks that I'm going to play for you, the brand new Spin EP. They are self-professed connoisseurs of jangly dream pop. And it's hard to argue.
gorgeous guitar pop from Liverpool that's Spin and After Dark a single from last year and don't forget that uh, the brand new Spin EP is going to compile all of their singles to date so if you uh, get on board digitally you can either stream or buy all of the songs concerned by Spin as on the Spin EP one more song to play for you before I have a chat with Johnny Quinn going to hear another single of course Another bloody single. That's what I've been talking about relentlessly, isn't it? She takes her time. Scintillating jangle pop. That is absolutely superb. That is another track by Liverpool's Spin. She takes her time. To learn more, go to facebook.com slash spin band. And it's spin with a double N. You can also go to soundcloud.com slash spin with a double N hyphen band. Now it's over to myself and Johnny. He's going to tell you a lot more about the band. And I'm mainly a bystander. And you do need to appreciate that it was a bit of a dodgy phone call on a mobile. So the sound quality isn't tip-tip-top. 
but the content certainly is. Over to myself and Johnny, and I'll be back with one more song to wrap things up. Johnny. Hello. All right, Johnny, how are you? I'm great, how are you? <laughs> I'm not bad. I thought, uh, I thought I'd lost you there for, for a while. Um, the, the, the signal's a bit iffy. Yeah, it is a bit iffy, actually. Um, it sounds okay where you are at the minute, so perhaps you can just stay, perhaps just stay where you are. Yeah, I'll, I'll stay there. Don't worry about it. Lovely. Um, so, it took me it took me a few tries to try and nail you down through uh, Sam trying to do the same. Um, so we've. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So I gather I gather you've just been uh, in rehearsal for the last little while. Yeah, I mean, we've yeah, been doing a couple of rehearsals. Yeah, just one of those religious band rehearsals. Now. Um, yeah. Well, first of all, congratulations on the release of the, the debut EP, if you like, uh, in two days. Um, that's got to oh, be yeah, well, pretty exciting stuff for you. Yeah, my son has done that. Over. The dream come true, as it does. Like, if you don't get any released, it's not for the fact like, it was done on a label. It just yelled out about that. Well, we can talk, we can talk about uh, the, the label in a minute, but you've got a series of singles that, that I bought as they came out. And I must, yeah. say, I must say that every single single in its own right um, really stands up. So, so and, and, and I'm not the only one that thinks that, obviously, because I'm sure that uh, thousands of other people share the same sentiment. However, what, what I want... <laughs> yeah, well, it's the truth. But what I wanted to ask you was, when, when a band, which is quite unorthodox, as you have done, you've released single after single when i say single i mean just one track at a time now has that been yeah. something is that something that was calculated or was that purely a financial thing uh literally yeah i mean we just pay for the early stuff yeah it was like whatever we could just scrape and maybe borrow some of our bonds and bad like they like like home we actually paid for that and like i think it came down to like pound coin so it's like well it usually does come like, down like, to it usually just come down to pounds and pence, unfortunately, but... Yeah, you know, literally, like, you know, I'm going to make five keys and stuff to make up the money. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so you, you know what it's like to be in the studio, you know, under the cosh, and it's, uh, it, can, it, can be oh, the, it can be the catalyst to great things, though, can't it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it's hard, I think it's strange, because usually the best of the outcome, so I'm not concerned, like, like, uh, DEP, I'm really happy with that, and we've got that in two days, or something like that, which is, my four tracks in two days. Well, I tell you, that's 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 a pretty good output. I mean, four 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 tracks in the can after two days. I mean, yeah. that's not even you know that's not even a hi hat track for a My Bloody Valentine EP. So you're doing all right. Yeah. Well, well again, that's a, a radical a radical comparison. But as as I listen to the singles after dark. You know, notice yeah. me, November, she takes the time, who you are. Yeah. Now, could you let us know, because I have not been able to ascertain the track listing for the EP. Now, what is the what are the tracks on the EP that we can look forward to in two days? Uh, I think so. I mean, Sean, Sean, what's the track listing for you being? Sean, she takes the time. Yeah. After that. You are, yeah. and then, and then November, which comes out on day of the release, so there's one like little bonus track. Great stuff. Yeah, four shots. Now, when you're in the studio, I'm, I'm yeah. making I'm making a supposition here that you are a hell of a lot younger than I am, 
I'm guessing I'm guessing yeah. that you're in your teens, early twenties. But uh, forgive me if I'm wrong. Nineteen years old. There you go. There you go. So yeah. you've got you've got a wonderful. Well, you've got a, a wonderful naivety to, to leverage for the for the next uh, foreseeable few years, whereby it can be a wonderful thing when you're creating art. Now, when when you released your singles, uh, I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. I'm curious too because one thing I like about them is I'm also a, a big fan of the aesthetic and. You've got a very a very nice look and feel about your uh, your cover work here. Now, is that something that someone in the band does, or do you do you have a third party that takes care of your artwork? Um, no, yeah, it's, it's all properly like, into like the aesthetic, like side of it. Like, I mean, obviously, tell why I'm doing haircuts. Image like does does play a bit of a part. <laughs> yeah, part. Like, the artwork, yeah, like the one for the EP. Coming up with their literature, just to, like we got a few disposable cameras and now we put photos of things that look cool. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, well, it looks, it looks, it looks common. I mean, uh, by common, I don't mean common as much. I mean it's got a common feel to it, and uh, it's, it's recognisably your product. So, I mean, as I as I look at them. Uh, and and I, I quite like I quite like the picture of the four of you in sort of like uh, it's like a a quadruple mugshot if you like you know. Oh yeah yeah the Yeah well you look I don't know what you look like you look like you've just been caught stealing sweets from the corner shop. Well yeah you know young lads like can't help yourself with the sherbet lemons can you now when, when, it, when it comes to the sound you, you've got to as I said in the beginning. When you release five singles in a disparate way that you've done, and to the listener like me, you you have a sound, and, and again that sounds very generic. But uh, after having listened to the five songs of yours over the course of the last few months, if yeah. someone if someone was to play me a new unheard song by Spin, I'm pretty sure I'd be able to say that Spin. So that 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 that's what I mean by you know a recognisable sound. So so yeah. where I'd like to go with that is is that when you're in the studio, and when you have been in the studio. Um, who, who's doing the production work for you? Um, it's, it's pretty much changed every single time. I mean, the first few singles they were done. Uh, they were done by Tom. Tom Longworth. He's a he works at Party Studios. He's a good producer. And then all the EP that was that was done by the guys uh, Chris McCrory and Alex Quinn. Good song. Fantastic. Uh, just, yeah. So uh, it changes, but like uh, it sounds like. Like you said, the 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 spin heart, you know what I mean? Like for uh, like Andy, Andy always asks for like specific answers. He he spent hours like fastening um his guitar tone and stuff like that, and spent a lot of time working on melody. Yeah. Likewise, he left the band. Like we all just spend hours like honing our craft, shall we say, to uh, make sure it sounds like a spin tune. Good, and you, you've obviously you know you, you entrust your art to this gentleman, so that's a very good thing. Now, 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 Modern Sky. Yeah. How, how did how did the deal happen with Modern Sky? Was it was it a choice you had to make, or uh, did you have several offers? Or did they? Well, how did it work? They, they basically um, we put our home and they got in touch and they were like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We really like the sound of these. just uh, you've only got one shot out, so you know. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, and they really noticed me. And they're like, yeah, that's really good. So it technically came out under Modern Sky. They paid. Fantastic. Well, they're, 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 well, they're a good little label. They're a good little label. I'm glad that you've landed on a label that I know will look after you and uh, nurture you without yeah. without throwing you to the lions, as it were. You know. Yeah, I mean, that's a good thing. We've got like a good amount of freedom, and and like the people are already experienced. Like, 
Sam and Dave have like the two lads who run it. They're like yeah. OG kind of Liverpool music scene, you know what I mean? Like everyone knows who they are. Absolutely. And you can trust them to like you can you're like you'll play it off to something and then it'll be like, oh yeah, we've got the best oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's no what best. Yeah. If you like, go a bit too wild like. <laughs> You're gonna reel you in, haven't you? Now, now I, I know that you are. I, I know that you're self-professed uh, connoisseurs of, of of jangly dream pop, and I think that's a, a pretty adequate uh, uh, exp- well description of, of, your, of your works to date. Now, do you, do you think that is is that something that you're, you're still comfy with? <laughs> yeah, because. To, to, to me, that is um, an immense, an immense compliment. If you, if you are called, to... go ahead. Hang on, the signal's gone now. Hello. Yeah, I'm still here. What are you saying? I was just saying that uh, you know, uh, being being referred to as jingle, jangly uh, dream pop is is an unmitigated compliment, more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we can't be Dream, dream hop is dream hop kids with stadium rock ambition. There you go. That's a, that's that's that's, that's a little bit more descriptive. I love that. And, and I know that. Uh, and, I, and I know that you you know you know you told me your age, and I could have guessed it anyway. But you've got a musical maturity about you, and I know that you've got some references that are more in keeping with my uh, with my youth. I know that you are enamoured enamoured with the usual eighties uh, sort of indie Brit pop, uh, you know, Smiths, Cure, that type stuff. That's the obvious. But are there yeah. any any other bands that you? Uh, might might think we'd be surprised to to find out that you you were or are into or were influential. I don't know, literally at the most like a classic kind of yeah. Like, like we all properly into our own stuff, but we like Sean hates my music, hates my music, hates my music. Like like I, I like I like to rap. Sean Sean has his own stuff, and then Sean likes fuck. I literally can't stand the sound of a slap bass. So it's just, it's, 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 uh, <laughs> That's it's brilliant. That is the best you analogy. Know. That's the best analogy. You've got someone who's in, you know, is into Bootsy, and then there's you that can't stand the slap bass. That 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 that, that says it all, really. It just tells me that you're all diverse, respect each other's taste, but just get on with it. That's good, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, like, I, I appreciate what they uh, appreciate what they're into, but I don't appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. It's, it. it's like I've just finished watching the, you know, I've just finished watching the City Liverpool game, you know. And it's, it's oh, yeah. you know, whilst I respect Man City, that's as far as it goes. And anyway, we could talk, <laughs> we could talk about football till we're blue in the face, but uh, I'm assuming that you're not that rabid, being that you had you had rehearsals during the match. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, I didn't find myself. I was I was suspected uh, as much. <laughs> I suspected. I'm deep, 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 well, I've, I've interviewed I interview a lot of Liverpool bands, and uh, you probably heard of uh, Candy Opera, um, who've had this resurgence in town. They finally got their, their oh yeah yeah yeah, and, and he's, he's he's an Evertonian. He's got this wonderful track about uh, about being in uh, in the crowd uh, during an Everton game and wanting this bloke to put a fag out in front of him. And he's got the Z car sample in it and everything. It's fantastic. I'm sure. Oh, you, yeah. You, yeah. So if for no other reason at all, get the Candy Opera album for that. Yeah, no, no, I'll check it out for sure. And um, yeah, well, they've been they've been around forever. They just haven't managed to put out a record without the you know without the help of uh, Fire Station in in uh, in, um, in yeah. Germany. So so exactly, yeah. Yeah, they were the, they were the most famous band that uh, had never released a you know a, a single track, but. Yeah, 
Another Liverpool band that I think that, that you'd be really appreciative of, which I'm probably well, I think you might have heard of them, called The Fernway. And um, they, they were on the show a few weeks ago. And I'm just absolutely, oh, yeah. I'm blown away of, of well, Liverpool, the scene has never gone away. It's been a perpetual scene. It's only a scene that raises its head every once in a while because the media latch onto it. But it's, it's, always, been, yeah. it's always been healthy. And for you, um, you know, for instance, uh, you know, you've got a guy like John Power in town. Uh, so, uh, you know, yeah. every bassist in the world has, has to aspire to be that good. So the bar's really, really high. And then when you when you got uh, yeah. you know you just bump into the real people and the Lars and you bump into the wild swans and the bunny men. I mean it's just steeped and. Ian McCullough and Dave McCullough and my local now and then. Ah, well that's there you go. That's it. <laughs> well, it's it's the new <laughs> new royalty and old royalty. But what the point I was trying to make, it's still a very very uh, community vibe scene in Liverpool. That that anyone who's yeah. involved with it is. Uh, has a healthy respect for one another, which which I've always found wonderful. Where in Manchester it seems to be a little bit more um, uh, competitive and not not as friendly yeah. amongst each other. And I think the only scene that really compares is probably the Glasgow sort of Bell's Hill scene. You know, the old uh, oh, yeah. postcard creation days and uh, the Jasmine Minks and Primal Scream and BMX Bandits, yeah. all those all those beauties. But you're, Liverpool's a, 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 a law unto itself, as you know more than more than most. That's for sure. Now, now you've talked about the, the EP, and I always get really excited, and I probably get a bit a bit ahead of myself when when I when I like a particular band. But I've listened to the five tracks over and over, uh, as I do, yeah. with, uh, um, and and of course I ask this a lot, and I jump the gun. But uh, is there an LP in the works uh, for in, in the foreseeable future, this calendar year or, or next calendar year? Uh, I mean, we'd love to do. Be fair, it's not any mention to the future, but yeah. obviously, as a band, we've definitely got the tracks. We've got, I mean, we were checking the other day, we've got, well, I mean, just over 50 tracks, I think, in total. Oh, so you've got five albums written, you just need the funds to get them down. Yeah, That's fantastic. Okay, well, I'll make a few calls here. Yeah, I wish I wish I, I only wish I had the money to help you out with that. Now, um, <laughs> I wanted to also uh, ask you um, about about your uh, live dates because you, you've got uh, a really healthy tour schedule all the way through through to August, haven't you? You're doing a lot of a uh, lot of gigging. Yeah, I'm, I'm made up. Wanted to just like one of the reasons I joined the band is just to go on tour, see the see the country. I mean, oh. I'm not really sure the station. Yeah, yeah, and that was brilliant. That was a great time. Shout out Mazari. By the way, the band did put us up there. Fantastic. And yeah, brilliant. Kind of a few gigs. We yeah, we went to the tournament. I mean, we've got a big, big date on Friday. We've got a a is is wonderful. That Sherlock's uh, that Sherlock's uh, tour could have must have done a lot of good as well. That must have been a bit of a buzz. Yeah, I mean we only played one date with them, but I mean it was March. Like, I can't remember trying to follow us on Instagram. Brilliant. Something on the stage, and we put out we had like a hundred followers. <laughs> like the one, uh, the one gig that was like wow. Okay. There you That's go. Level, but, I mean, hopefully we'll be in that position eventually. Maybe next few years. Well, I'm sure, and I'm sure, I'm sure you will if you keep if you keep making records like the, the last five. Uh, well, I, I have to keep referring to them as singles. I don't think I can really call them anything else, can I? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. 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 I'
Because, I mean, this is, this is your debut EP consisting of your previous works, essentially. Yeah, three, three singles and one uh, EP track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now, if, you, if you've if you got uh, 50 quid burning a hole in your pocket right now and you've got to go and buy something, what would you buy in terms of music? Is, is there something that, you're, uh, that you want to get your hands on? Uh, and at the minute, I've been listening to a lot of the music tapes, you know, like Julian Foster from Yeah. Which I know, so I've been listening to his beautiful like, albums. And then, yeah, what else am I listening to? Actually, what? I don't what? know, maybe some Orange Juice or some Felt. Oh, like okay, okay. So you go, you go retro. Yeah, you you want to get your hands yeah. on all those. You want to get your hands on all those Felt reissues on Cherry Red. Uh, yeah. Beg, steal, or borrow yeah. those. I, I bought some, some jazz the other day and got heavily judged. <laughs> I used to, I used to be a, a I used to, oh really? You get because I, I used to be a music rep and I used to sell a ton of jazz. I used to pay the mortgage some months and uh, I used to think yeah. that I used to think there was something categorically wrong with me that, I, that of all my sort of peers and colleagues I couldn't I couldn't appreciate jazz. So so I take it upon myself to go alone to you know jazz shows and, and, and festivals and sit there and yeah. I, it didn't do me one iota of good. I mean, whilst I appreciate the musicianship, I don't listen to some bloke doing a 20-minute stand-up bass solo for him and his three mates. It's just not, just not me. But, but, I, under, but I, I understand why people like it, but my word. So you're probably pushing, pushing the, the buttons of, of, of your colleague in the band who's into funk with, with, uh, with your oh, tastes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he has with us, Sean. I think he has that one <laughs> Equally as judgmental of each other with your musical taste. Now, I got, I got yeah. one, I got one last question for you, and and it's um, it's completely unrelated to to music, but it's a bit of fun that I have with everybody, and I ask everybody, regardless of who you are. And uh, okay, this is, this is scary, no, no, it's no. not scary. <laughs> no, 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 don't make it scary. It's just a laugh. So, so hypothetically, you and the lads around around my place, and you just played a a, a very well received gig here. And uh, stick yeah. the ke stick the kettle on. You've got a brew in your hand, and I bring out the biscuit tin. But it's a magic biscuit tin, and you can choose any biscuit on God's green earth, past, present, or even in the future. What would you choose? Oh, I know. I'm gonna sound so bored. <laughs> it stumps so everybody. But, fucking chocolate diet. Sorry, I don't. I don't know how to say. Oh no, you're right. Yeah, I can even call it an effing oh, chocolate digestive. Right. You know, it's it's a very popular choice, but but you know something. So, very, very few people, regardless of who you might think I've interviewed, you know, uh, uh, no one, well, I'd say very rarely does someone just go, boom, that's my favourite picky. It stumps so many people because until you're asked that I question... I couldn't think of one thing on the road. I just thought, like, what, what, what yeah. the fuck is standard? Yes. Well, I've got a good tip for anyone who's listening out there, right? Hey, do you have penguin bars over there? Yeah, well, we get them on import here, yeah, but penguin but bars... Penguin bars over there. <laughs> well, they are, they are, you know, if, if you end up going to Australia on tour, you'll find a whole different world of chocolates there because they've got the, a version out there called the Tim Tam, which is the Aussie version of the penguin. And we get both yeah. of them, we can get both over here. And How do you get both? Yeah, it's uh, six and two threes, really, because, uh, you know, they're both great. But, but one thing I can tell you for sure is they're about half the size they were 15 years ago. Really? Well, I sound like I sound like a Hovis advert, but back when I were a lad, flipping wagon wheels were the size of a bloody wagon yeah. wheel. Anyway, yeah, real biscuits. Yeah, real man biscuits. Yeah, exactly. Well, we used to suffer for our biscuits. But anyway, it's been it's been lovely talking to you, and I'm so glad that oh, we've got. I'm gonna give my tip, my tip for the world. Okay, go on then. The penguin tip. If you buy, like, okay, so you've got the penguin bar in your hand. 
you buy like the top corner yeah. on the right and the bottom corner on the left. Yeah. And then drink a cup of tea through that and then eat the penguin bar. That's that is like, genius. That, that that's almost I'd say that's probably breaking several bylaws, it's so bloody good. I'm gonna have to try that myself. It's honestly like like I remember like my teacher in school told me to do it and like I was like, okay, that's a bit weird. Gonna give it a go, like so Johnny, that is absolutely legit. You've you've you've, you've seen that work. You've you've actually experienced it. Yeah, I do it every, like every time I've got a peg run for the day. Like that's one of my things. You know, well, well, if you ever see me out and about, give me a penguin on a cup of tea. I'll show you how to do it. Well, if ever you make it to this part of the world, I'll buy you a whole bloody crate of penguins and we'll go to work. We'll go to work. I'll hold you to that. Oh no, I'm sure you will. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. I'll I'll be in touch uh, via Sam with uh, with all the uh, the upload information. And uh, mind yeah, how you go, look after yourself, and hopefully we'll be talking to each other after Sunday. Yeah, great. Thank you. <laughs> look after. Ta ra. Bye. And that was Johnny Quinn from Spin. My thanks to you, sir, for uh, your time and enlightening us as to what you've been up to and what is forthcoming in the wonderful world of Spin. One more song to hear by the Scouse Outfit. We're going to hear a song called Who You Are. <laughs>
third and last track you're going to hear this week by Spin, another single from last year, Who You Are, and that, with the other two songs I've played, appear on the brand new Spin EP. Get yourself sorted and get yourself a copy of that. Follow them at facebook.com slash spinband and also at soundcloud.com slash spin hyphen band. Now, one last thing before I go, please, I implore you, recommend the programme to someone, just one person, someone who has uh, impeccable taste, such as yourself, someone who likes good music and uh, maybe wants to take a punt on something new. Turn them on to Near Perfect Pitch. I'd be immensely grateful. Just point them in the direction of nearperfectpitch.com and everything else will fall into place. And I must thank, again, CKCU Studios here in Ottawa at CKCU on campus here at Carlton University for the use of the studio. I'm immensely, immensely grateful. I'll be back next week with at least one interview, possibly two, possibly even three. We'll see how it goes. But regardless, I shall be back with episode 78 in a week's time. Thanks for listening. Ta-ra.